You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.weareredwood.org. We pray that the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Take your Bibles, please. Turn to Romans chapter number 14. I'm going to get right in uh, to my lesson here this morning because I need I need time to be able to to just kind of go slowly um, and methodically through uh, what the Lord has placed on my heart. I might read more than I have, uh, maybe than than is a custom. But we have we are in our series of fighting for purity in an impure world, and uh, we've been talking about the conscience. Uh, we started our series with just the. Uh, the, the the need for, um, for 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 sexual purity and things like that, and that's just uh, in a world that's just where that's rampant. Uh, the stakes are so high for you and I to have a fully functioning uh, conscience, and so we've uh, we've spent a couple weeks uh, through this. And uh, two weeks ago, uh, when we were in our lesson here, we talked about how to how to sharpen our conscience and what we're to sharpen that conscience on and with was to be the Word of God. And so that's kind of, uh, that's our guide for this. And so this morning I want to I talk about strengthening your conscience. How can you and I, how, how can we strengthen it? Now a smoke detector in your home or office are there to make you aware of a specific immediate threat that is in your, in your life. Your, your safety is at risk. And that's why you have smoke detectors and you have other different types of uh, things in your home. But what good is a fire alarm that constantly misfires? Or a fire alarm that is sending you false warnings of a non-existent danger? And so a malfunctioning warning system can be as bad as having no alarm system at all, or it can almost be even worse because then you and I get in the habit of ignoring it. So if it's constantly misfiring, you know, the famous story of, you know, that, you know, cried wolf and, you know, like, right? That's where if, 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 if we're not careful, a, a you know smoke detector or fire detector. It's like you know, oh man, it's it's just it's phony, you know. And you begin to uh, just not do anything about it. So in the same way, a weak conscience can do more harm than good. A weak conscience. Again, I'm I'm just going to try to go slow and kind of just try to just just help me just to process this as quick in your mind. It's not the same as a seared conscience. So we've talked about a seared conscience in the last several weeks. But a weak conscience, they are not one and the same. A seared conscience, it becomes inactive. It becomes silent. It becomes uh, rarely accusing and insensitive to sin. It's when your conscience, which has been given by God, that is aligned to the moral code that He's given you from a moral lawgiver, and your conscience is saying, no, 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 and we're just... 
not listening to it. We're just pushing it aside over and over and over again. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, what happens is, is our conscience begins to become hardened. Stiffened to where it's no longer functioning. The Bible calls that a seared conscience. Just like if you were to burn yourself, you kind of you have that, uh, you know, you, you, you get a scarred area in your life. And so that's what a seared conscience is. But by comparison to a weak conscience, a weak conscience is hypersensitive. A weak conscience is overactive. Ironically, a weak conscience is more likely to accuse than a strong conscience. Let me say that again. A weak conscience is more likely accused or, or to, to accuse you than a strong conscience. Scripture calls this weak conscience because it's too easily wounded. People with weak consciences tend to fret about things that should not provoke guilt in the life of a matured believer. A weak conscience, it, it results from a fragile faith not yet weaned from the worldly influences are not yet saturated with the Word of God. Weak believers are to be accepted though with love and not judged because their consciences are a little bit too tender. But what happens is, is let's, let's take somebody that... Let's take the real quick story of David and Bathsheba. Was David doing anything? And I realize he was supposed to be at war, and we can make all of those applications. Okay, he should have been at war. He should have been at home. I get that, but he is at home. He's made that decision. He's not at war. Was there anything wrong with him going up on his rooftop? Yes or no? No, there wasn't. Okay, and so what what will happen is is if we're not careful now, obviously Bathsheba was on her rooftop and and and, and she was bathing and things like that, and and then, you know, David sees her, he begins to lust after her, and ultimately he's like, hey, you know, I, I, I want her. She gets pregnant, and then she has to, you know, have Uriah killed and takes her as his wife, you know, those types of different things. But if we're not careful, what will happen? So you have, um, let's say an individual has been struggling with pornography, and now they're beginning to get victory over that pornography, and... Say, well, hey, I can't even go to the beach because then if I go to the beach, then I might begin to lust and things like that and then I can begin to sin and do, do all those different types of things. Listen, there in and of itself, you, we're not to necessarily judge that, but here's what, I, here's what I want you to understand. That's actually a weak conscience. And I'm going to explain it biblically here over the next 20, 30 minutes there's nothing in and of itself wrong with going to the beach, right? But someone is, uh, they're struggling with something and they've not fully um, been weaned from the worldly influences. They've not, been, um, you know, they've not been a part of the sanctification process enough. They've not matured long enough. They've not uh, been, you know, the, the, the Word of God has not saturated enough yet to where they say, hey, hey, I can't even go because I might sin. And by the way, that person that's making that decision 
that's actually a good thing. And I'll get to that here in a moment. Of like, hey, hey, don't go if, if, if it's going to be bad. But in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with going to the beach. Let me mention something else. I'm going to move on. These little like kind of gray area hot topics. Going to the movie theater. For the longest time, I'd always heard, and probably I would, I would definitely would have even te- taught and preached and things like that, 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 that that's something that, that you, can, you cannot do. And yet you and I can go to a movie theater and we can watch something that's totally wholesome. And we can watch in our home something that's wicked, which the Word of God says, I'll set no wicked thing before mine eye. And so, so someone say, hey, hey, I can't, I can't go to something like that because I might watch something wrong. Hey, that's good. But someone else might be able to go and watch something that is in and of itself doesn't grieve their conscience and their right. So, so, but, oh, so we've got so to understand something. That a weak conscience is really just a result of they haven't been fully weaned from the worldly influences. To where someone could go to the beach and actually not lust because they're going there to enjoy the beauty of God and the waves crashing and the sand between your toes. Not a fan of that. Uh, my kids like it, so let's go for it. But those types of things, and you can do that and be totally wholesome in your day and wholesome in your life, where another brother or sister would go and that would, they would really, 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 really struggle and maybe begin to lust and things like that. And so their conscience says, no, don't do that. And so that they don't do that. So hopefully you're there in, in Romans chapter 14. And we're going to try to differentiate between a weak and a strong uh, a believer. And weak believers, they're to be accepted with love. They're to be um, accepted and not judged because their consciences are too tender. Look at verse number 1 of Romans 14. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. Notice how Paul says it. That's why I said they're, they're, they have a fragile faith. That's not offensive. Don't be offended by that. What it means is it just needs to grow a little bit more. All right, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. All right, Disputations comes from the, the word dispute. All right, Here's how we would put it today. But not to just arguments that have no value. To vain arguments of where we're going to constantly be, be discussing of what you can do and what I can't do and I'm trying to get you to do everything that I can do and you're trying to get me to stop doing the things that I'm doing. That's what Paul's talking about here. All right, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So let's say I'm free in an area and Rick Dalton is not and I'm saying, hey, hey Rick, come on man, let me show you. Look, here's why you can do it and here's why you can do it. No, 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 just receive him. Not that he's the weaker, but I'm just for, for sake of illustration here. And just, I'll just say really quick, over the 10 years I've known this man, he's often been the stronger and allowed me to be weaker in areas and not try to always argue things. So just to put that into um, perspective over the years that I've known him. Verse number 2, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Right? When you kind of understand the context here, uh, it's not just that they're simply a vegetarian. It's that you know, the meat's offered to idols and things like that. All right? So they may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Paul makes it clear that the weak believer is likely to be over-meticulous, troubled by his conscience in an unhealthy way. In fact, a weak conscience is often a 
companion of, let me just say this, it's often a companion of legalism. Paul repeatedly admonished the early church that those with strong consciences, they were not to be judgmental. And they were not to be above all, and above all, they must not encourage those who are weak to violate their consciences. Look at verse number 3. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about like grenades going back and forth to each other? That's what Paul's saying here. Paul is saying, for those of you that might have a little bit more liberty in your life, you are not to judge the person that is a little bit stricter in their life. And then the person that is a little bit stricter is not to despise the person that is a little bit looser. Because what does Paul say? In this text, Paul's saying, because here's what often happens. Those that have a weak conscience, those that have, can I just let, just, let me just step on some toes here for a little bit. Those of us that have just ruled things up, just rules, 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 rules. Oftentimes we will judge the other one and be like, God. And Paul says, no, 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 God's received him. God's received him. Okay, and so we've got to be, we've got to be careful. Weak believers must not learn to overrule their consciences, though. So that's not what this study is about. It's not for you just to be like, oh, all right, well, man, pastor says I can do it. I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't start overruling your conscience. Because if that begins to become a habit of the, no, your conscience is saying, telling you not to do it, but I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. What's going to happen to your conscience? It's going to become seared. Not weak. Weak and seared are two totally different things. So, I'm not telling you simply just to overrule your conscience to say, no, don't do it. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just trying to say that a conscience that's constantly overreacting to things, listen, that's not necessarily meaning that we're the, we are the stronger brethren or the stronger believer. It actually means that we're the weaker believer. We've not, we've not matured enough. And so, because... I know in my mind that I can't step on the, on the sidewalk. And so, since I don't want to step on the sidewalk, I'm going to put a fence between the grass and the sidewalk. Right? You, you following me? So, the sidewalk is bad. The grass is good. And so, since I don't want to get onto the concrete, I'm going to put a fence right here. Here's what I'm trying to say. Some mature believers can live without a fence. Is that follow, you, you following me? So we've matured you know, in our faith that I don't need a fence right there. I know I'm not supposed to go and step on the concrete. I'm not supposed to go step on the sidewalk. I've got to stay in the yard. I've got to stay on the grass. So back to an illustration that I used earlier. All right. So going to the beautiful coast and going to the beach in and of itself is not wrong. Going there and lusting after everything is there, that is wrong. And so some might put a fence up and say, hey, I'm not going to go to the beach. Because if I go to the beach, then I could lust. Where there could be a mature brother or sister in Christ that can say, hey, I can go to the beach and I can do so without lusting. Is that a possibility? 
Absolutely it is. Is it a reality? Oh, that's between you and you know the Holy Spirit and God needs to work in your life. But just know the illustration of what is weak and what is strong. A strong believer would be like, hey, I don't need a fence right there. Because if there's a fence right there, I, I already know that I can't go step on the sidewalk. All right, and so here's what's happened over the hundreds of years. John Van Gelderen said it beautifully. John Van Gelderen, he kind of like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but like kind of picture a plateau. And so off the plateau is this just 100 foot drop. You don't want anyone to go off the plateau, right? And so what here happens is you put up a, you put up a fence, right? You put up a standard, right? And then like a generation later, what will happen is it's like, well, no, no, no. They, 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 they move it a little bit. And then they move it a little bit more, and they move it a little bit more. And if we're not careful, we've moved, 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 moved. And now we've said this, thus saith the Lord God. When God said, thus saith the Lord God, was over here. And so we just want to be careful with that. All right? But if the conscience is saying, don't do something, please don't override that. That's not what I'm telling you to do this morning. I'm just trying to differentiate between which is actually strong and which is weak. Because sometimes we... We lamb blast the other. Wherever we think we are this morning, and I'll try to educate us as we go through Scripture here, wherever we think we are, oftentimes what we'll do is we're going to despise the other. And Paul's saying, don't. Stop judging. Stop looking at another brother or sister in Christ and begin to, and begin to think, you know, it's just, it's, he's saying, do not do that. And so don't, don't overrule your conscience. Because if you continue just to, well, I'm just going to overrule it, then you're going you're to sear it. Paul instructs those who are strong to actually defer whenever possible to, the, to the, the qualms, so to speak, of the weaker brother's conscience. To encourage an immature believer to wound his own conscience is to lead him into sin. Look at verse number 23 of Romans 14. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Right, and so you and I, our our life. <laughs> I tell Pastor Mike this often. I'm just like, listen, Pastor Mike, you're so free that you're free. And a couple years ago, when I first said that to him, he's kind of looking at me like, you know. I said, what I mean is, is when you're really free in Christ, you don't have to try to get everyone to see it from your perspective. If you're trying to get everybody to see it always from your perspective, I'm not talking about heaven, hell, Jesus. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just, just, just you know, gray areas, things that are, you know, if we're always trying to get everybody to see it from our perspective, then guess what? That I am now enslaved to what Will thinks of me. And so, you know what? I've got to get Will to think like me. And so every time I'm talking with Will, hey, hey, have you thought about this, and you thought about this, and you thought about this, trying to convert him over to my thinking. Listen to me. You know what that is? That's the arm of the flesh, thinking as if I know everything is perfect. That's not, that's not the case. And so you and I, let's not try to get somebody else to sin. So Paul devoted several chapters First uh, Corinthians to dealing with issues of Christian liberty. Uh, if you, I don't think we recorded any of them, but we did about a 10-12 week study on glorifying God in the gray areas. I'd be happy to um, share those with you. But in in several chapters of First Corinthians, he he dealt with particularly the problem of eating meat that had been offered to idols. Now, what you need to understand is that Christians in the early church, they all would have been coming out of idolatry. They all would have been coming out of pagan you know, ways of life and living to where these meats would have been sacrificed to these idols. So this was like a, this was like a hot topic 
in early Christendom, in the church at Corinth. And so they were, they were very sensitive, if not hypersensitive, to any behavior that reminded them of their former sinful lifestyles. So for example, if you were to go to a restaurant that you just, you just don't know if it's known more for a bar or more for a restaurant, you know, someone was like, hey, I can't go to that. I used to be a drunk or my dad used to be drunk. Hey, I get that. But if somebody else is okay with going to something like that and they're not going to get drunk, listen, that's the type of thing. And so I get it. From, from a former lifestyle, maybe you grew up a certain way and you're going to look at that and you're going to be like, no, no, I can't. It's fine. But if somebody does... And they're not sinning and they're just enjoying an atmosphere. Maybe there's a TV. Maybe there's a sports game on today. Go Niners! Right? A couple of you Niners in there? Alright, the Eagles are out so I can root for them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Point, the point being, I'm getting sidetracked here. The point, uh, the, the point is, is that I understand that, listen, Paul was like, hey, to the church of Corinth, he's like, many of you, this is, this is a major issue for you. Because it's connected to your former lifestyles. But Paul was just saying, hey, just because you don't go, it's okay, but just because you don't go, that doesn't make you the stronger brother. That doesn't make you the, the one that's holier and doesn't make you the one that is more right with God. And that's why Paul says, no, no God received this one too. Kind of doing the, the sides here to try to help us with that. So while the mature believers in Corinth they knew there was no spiritual harm in eating meat that was offered to idols. Paul urged them to abstain for the sake of their weaker, less mature brother and sister in Christ. So his point was this. And we'll, we'll read a few of these verses. If your faith is strong and your conscience healthy, you may enjoy your own freedom in Christ without making any effort to arouse more intense scrutiny from your own conscience. So we say, say you, you, you don't, you're, you're fine. You can enjoy those liberties, but if you're with somebody else that might not have that liberty, we're going to talk about a stumbling block here in a moment, if you're with somebody else and they might have a stumbling block in this area, Abstain. Abstain. But as you're abstaining, you don't have to feel the pressure to conform to the other person. Alright? 1 Corinthians... Turn, turn to chapter number 10 real quick, please. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 25. We doing okay? Alright? Sticky stuff. I know it. You know, what, you, you know what a lesson like this does? A lesson like this does is allows us to literally yield to the Holy Spirit of God rather than to another brother or sister in our lives. You to yield to the Spirit. And man, it's, it's, it's great. Verse number 25, Whatsoever sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience sake. Now what's Paul saying? You know, those that were... Those that were sold for um, idols it had literally been it had been sacrificed. It's okay. They put it in shambles. They would have kept it there, and they would have 
bled it out to whatever unknown God they would have been um, worshiping. And Paul is saying, whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. But if you have a reason to think, continue to go on down through that text. The next several verses. If you have reason to think that someone's watching you, that they might be wounded in conscience by your exercise of biblical freedom, Paul would tell you to abstain. Paul would tell you as you continue down through that passage to to guard the other person's tender conscience. I believe the church today ought to pay more attention to Paul's exhortations with this. Rather than exercising and parading all of our freedoms, we should be mindful of how the example of our lives impacts others. Whether in word or deed, you and I, we cannot afford to put stumbling blocks or occasions to fail in someone else's way. Turn back to Romans 14, please. Romans 14. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians here in a moment. Romans 14, verse number 13. My prayer is this will start to kind of kind of come together. Romans 14, verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. What's the context? We know what the context is by now. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Alright? So a weak and constantly accusing conscience, it's actually a spiritual liability. It's not a strength. Many people with especially tender consciences, they tend to display, you follow me? They tend to display their over-meticulousness as if it were a proof of deep spirituality. It's precisely the opposite. Precisely the opposite. Those with weak consciences tend to be too easily offended. And they tend to stumble over things. Look at 1 Corinthians. Turn back to 1 Corinthians 8. So if you're wanting to know kind of his letter to the Corinthians, it's 8, 9, and 10. 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 is what deals with kind of these these issues. Verse number 13. Talking about meat again. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to... What's the next word? Offend. I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Sometimes we take a text like that and we're like, well, see, man, if that offends me, don't do it. Hey, but can I say on the other side, stop getting offended? That's a weak conscience. We okay? We still good? Stop getting offended. 
Remember, we're not supposed to be despising one another. We're not supposed to be getting offended one to another. That, that's how it's supposed to work. Listen, we're, we're, we're studying here. All right? we're, ta- we're taking the context, the, the, the understanding here. Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can be overly critical of others. Romans 14, verse 3, Let, him, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Don't look at them as despised. No, no, no. God's, God's received them. Verse 4, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Sometimes we're too susceptible to these things. Verse 20 of Romans 14, For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure. But if it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Turn to Galatians 3 real quick. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 2. And then I'm going to wrap it up for us. Verse 2. Galatians 3 verse 2. This only... What I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you in the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he, do, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, you know the context of Galatians. They were reverting back to the law. They were reverting back to circumcision and those different types of things, dietary laws and this and that. And so Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, and he's saying, listen, you don't, you don't have to revert back to that. And so he's saying, listen, this all started by faith. The law didn't do any saving for you. Paul's not saying that the law is bad. He's just saying all the law can do is condemn. That's all it's there for, to condemn and to show you Christ. All right, that's the, it's a schoolmaster is what it says in the book of Galatians. And so Paul is saying, hey, hey, listen, hey, Church of Galatia, hey, you guys started in faith. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to, don't go back to the works. And so you and I, we've got we've to we've allow our hearts to remain soft and, and, and to begin strengthened and by, by, by the Word of God. Because if not, Titus 1.15 says, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. And so throughout Paul's discussion of those things with the, 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 those with weak consciences, that's Romans 14, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 and 10, he, he treats the condition as a state of spiritual immaturity. He treats it as a, a lack of knowledge. And it's something that needs to, needs to grow in us. One more text. 1 Corinthians 8, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And then I'm going to do my best to put a, a red bow on it. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 7. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. 
For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. And so Paul is saying, hey, not everybody has been enlightened in that area. And so that weaker brother that would see that meat still as being offered unto idols, and here's what I said, don't overrule that conscience. Because that weaker brother that would see that as being offered unto idol, if he were to partake of that, then his con- he, he's defiling himself. Okay? And so, but what Paul is saying is this, not everybody has that knowledge. Not everybody has that understanding that, that you could partake of that. And so, why would, I, why would I teach something like this? Two reasons. Number one, so that each side wouldn't be throwing grenades on the other side and judging them and despising them. Actually, three reasons. That's the number one reason. It's so that we wouldn't, we wouldn't despise those that are at different liberties and different freedoms in their life. Aren't you glad that we're not all the same? I'm serious. I'm really glad that that's the case. That we're not all exactly the same. Be scary. Right? So, not everyone is exactly the place. Some, some have the knowledge and, and some don't. And listen, that doesn't mean that anybody is better than the other one. Not at all. Paul never differentiates in, in, in a sense of, you know, God loves this one more. No, 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 no. It's all level. So, so number one, that we wouldn't throw lobs at each other. Number two, is that we would actually know in Scripture which one is strong and which one is weak. And then number three, that we would begin to say, God, where do you want my conscience to be pricking me? Where do you need me to grow in certain areas? And where do you need me to become more strict in certain areas? And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Because He will guide you. And He will direct you. If you and I begin to ask the hard questions... Don't just assume that we know. Don't just take what we've always known and always... No, 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 no. Search the Scriptures daily. Get into the Word of God. See whether they be true or not. And listen, if something is in your mind, if your conscience is saying, hey, 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 that's damned. Right? What did Paul say? He that doubteth is damned if he eat. In other words, if there's, if there's some doubt... And then if you and I have the liberty in certain areas, I'm going to ask you to be aware of those that are around you. Because it's actually important to take the, 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 the people that are around you and the audiences you know, that, that are around you and you, you, you take it into consideration to where you begin to wonder, hey, is this, is this what we should be doing at this time? And if you do, listen, if you do choose to refrain, you're actually free to refrain. That's the beauty of it. You're free to say, 
All right, I don't have to do this right now. That is true liberty right there. To where you know that you could, but for the sake of somebody else, because you love them, not because you think you're better than them, but because, hey, you know what? I care so much about your conscience and your, and your soul and, and your heart and your faith. But you know what? I'm not going to. What great love that is uh, for the people around us. So my prayer is, is that you were kind of strengthened today. That, that, that we realize really what a, what a strong conscience uh, really does look like. And so true spiritual growth enlightens the mind. And it strengthens the heart in faith. It ultimately is the only way to overcome a weak, overactive conscience. And uh, we talked about um, we talked about the Word of God and how it is so important in our life. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we will have some time to fellowship. I encourage you to kind of get up. It's a little chilly in here. I'm sorry, uh, and you know, intermingle with those that are around us. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, we thank you for the privilege to. Just take a study, and honestly, Lord, I, as I was teaching this, it's so hard to really do in one week, and um, God, and I pray that, Lord, you would just enlighten our minds, that, uh, Lord, we would have just sensed your spirit, um, Lord, in no way giving license to sin this morning, God, that's so far from it, but instead to, to just really kind of understand our conscience and understand uh, where where we're at and then be aware of where other people are at and be willing to express just true liberty to partake or also to abstain. Uh, They're both uh, beautiful sides to the coin of liberty for a strong believer. And Lord, I pray that you'd uh, help each of us to um, inch closer to that. And uh, Lord, we give you the glory for what will take place. I'm excited about the service to come and the baptisms, and Lord, we'll give you the glory for it, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take about a 11-minute break, 12-minute break. You are dismissed.